Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the Donia. It's your boys from T3M, and we are joined with a very special guest today, Sister Milan. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. How you doing, fam? Salam. Good, good. Alhamdulillah. So, real quick, for the viewers that don't really know much about you or your mission, tell us a little bit about your journey. So, the reason I really started getting interested in Islam was because I didn't really understand relationship issues. So seeing a lot of broken families and being part of a broken family and not really having a sort of strong father figure, I started looking for the Islamic perspective. And I know you guys have had some disagreements in the past with uh, two of the people I'll mention, but Alhamdulillah, I think we're all past that. But one of the biggest influences was Habib, the MMA fighter. And the way he responded to Conor McGregor, because I was more rowdy and loud and kind of, you know, a little bit arrogant, a little bit arrogant. And when I saw how Habib was more stoic, the Islamic type of discipline with your tongue, I had a shift. And then that got me to go down a more deeper Islamic perspective of relationships and, you know, the way in which you carry yourself with character. And I came across the older videos of, Mufti Mank. Um, I know he's different now, different energy, but I looked at his younger videos and said, huh, what is this? And I started going more down the path of like discovering what Islam was. And I started to study Islam. And then I started to get a lot of great people part of the channel who knew way more than me. And they recommended books and that really pushed me further and further. And then there was different moments at that point of junction where I started realizing and recognizing the signs that Islam is the religion for me. And I went further and further and further. And then I had very interesting dreams. And then I became closer and closer to Islam. And I said my Shahada and each day I study and each day I do the fasting and follow the rules and start to understand fiqh and listening to the scholars. Like it just really just showed me like, wow. And as I've, Many have on the channel who follow me, but your audience might not know. I've studied a lot of religions. I was an atheist for a while. Um, I have a past of studying. So when I finally came to Islam, I was like, this is it. You know, uh, there we go. This is all, oh, where was this? It's a completely different type of energy, wisdom. And before you know it, here I am. And oh, it's just, it's amazing. It's, Everything had to happen for it to be the way it was. But no one can tell me that you only chose Islam because you were born to it or you haven't studied anything else. You know, the typical rebuttals that people will give. And it's like, no, actually, I, uh, I'm very familiar with all the other ones. And I've read countless religious texts and had deep discussions with ministers and Baptist types and Methodists and Buddhists and very Darwinist type of atheists. So I am very versed in philosophy, theology, rhetoric, and other systems. But Islam, it just hit me in a totally different way. And yes, yeah, so that's a, a very concise summary, summary of what led me to Islam. MashaAllah. Before we go into uh, some deeper questions for some more insight, um, compared to when you first got into Islam, how do you think you have changed? Oh, well, my, my temper, number one. I 
because I grew up in Philly, it was very quick uh, to to get to fight, you know, because I'm very good at martial arts. So I used to do a lot of fighting. I just, if you said something is 10 seconds, it was like, okay, hey, right now, you know, and uh, Islam got me to be like, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to be disciplined, control your emotions, control your anger, watch your mouth. You don't always have to be the loudest one in the room to show your your force. You can be reserved, you can be restricted, you can sh- lead by example. And Islam has gotten me to the point where I am way less impulsive, way less impulsive. Now it's more difficult for me to even get the urge to just get really venomous. Because when you grew up around a lot of, you know, quick reactions due to anger, it's harder to restrain yourself. And that's how Habib, the MMA fighter, really sh- kind of inspired me because I was like, I didn't even know that was possible. You know, I thought you had to kind of always respond, always just like, okay, quick, zero to 100 right now and show you and dominate you and put you in your place. But Habib was like, he just sat there and was like collected while Connor was, you know, dancing around and insulting his wife, insulting his religion, just saying things that I myself, if someone said to me, would have gotten up already. And I was like, why does he do that? And so many people on the channel were like, it's because he's a Muslim. And I was like, this is Islamic masculinity? And they're like, yeah, this is Islamic masculinity. I was like, really? Because I grew up around Christians and Mormons who are more softer men. They have their suits, their shoulders are very petite. It's not the kind of force. But when I saw something so like iron-like, like a pillar just sitting there, I was like, he's not even like, what is going on? That's amazing. So that's one change. And then the urge for modesty, because... Many on the channel know, but some of yours might not, is that my mother was an adult entertainer. And I, my father was a man who dated a lot of women in the adult entertainment industry. So I saw a lot of adult in content in my life. And I didn't have a sense of modesty or a respect for modesty. I didn't really, I thought, I thought of it as like, you know, you of oppression, right? Like, why are they cover up? This is weird. You need to show all the time. You have to peacock. You have to constantly be putting yourself out there. But Islam got me to understand and enjoy modesty. And that was something like, wow. You know, because it, it works as a process. The more I studied the Hadith, the more times I read the Quran, the more I settled down, the more I controlled my anger it didn't, the same compulsion wasn't there. And it was like a peeling away of, you don't have to, it's like deprogramming in a way. You're reshaping yourself. So the modesty factor came in, controlling my anger and patience, being steadfast. And the whole concept of your suffering is a trial from Allah, whether you have bounty or whether you're restricted, you will be rewarded in this life or in the hereafter, but either way you have to have patience gracious patience, and there's no complaining. You deal with it, you praise Allah under every condition, and you move forward. There's no wallowing in your own self-pity. And that really made me feel like, wow, like, because I'm not, the victimhood card is very popular right now. The more victimized you are, the higher status you get. And even though there's a lot of suffering in my life, this changed my psychology where I was like, okay, so anything that happens to me, you must endure and wait for respite from Allah. And it just shifts the way in which you deal with trauma or bad circumstance. 
and cautious of when you have something good. Like, okay, it can come, it can go anytime. Don't grasp it and be addicted to it. So just watch how you deal with good things and bad things and to press forward. So that's another way. So I would say patience, the suffering angle and modesty, controlling my anger. Oh, those, uh, and materialism. I mean, the materialist angle, because I'm sure you know the American consumerist culture, right? Buy the cars, buy this, title worship. And I started to peel it back. I don't need this brand. I don't need you know this networking group. I don't need this title. I need to focus on the hereafter. I need to focus on doing good deeds, having patience, giving sakah, my salah, some fasting. I need to study. And then I got so... All my energy just kind of shifted towards studying Islam, being healthy, cutting out bad friends, cutting out the drinking, cutting out any type of party lifestyle. Just It just really started coming down and then enjoying that change. So Islam has changed me. I mean, just a whole new person to the point where people mention it, you know, and my, my, my family is pretty happy pretty happy because they were worried. I'm the first Muslim in the family. So they're Christians mm. and Mormons. And so they were like, hmm, Islam, better be careful because they have stereotypes from the television. You know, they never met a Muslim. So they're like, what does this mean? Like, where are you going? You're going to leave? Where are you going? It's like, no. And they just see the change and they're like, oh, wow. It's like, if they can see it, you know, others are seeing it and I see it within myself. So those are some of the bullet points of mm. how Islam has changed me. Alhamdulillah. And I know the other two might have a couple questions. I know I got a lot, so I'm just going to get them all out there. But my first one is, how do you think, or how did your parents, or just those around you, how did they really take you coming into Islam? I know you briefly went over how they had these preconceived notions, but how has that changed? Where, where are they at right now? Well, as I mentioned, my father is a Freemason, and he is into the occult. And he told me, uh, Muhammad, peace be upon him, isn't real. That uh, Satan is not who we think he is. <laughs> that um, Muslims worship the black box just like the Jews. And then he went into a kind of a conspiracy rabbit hole. He was so not. What is Satan? What is Satan then? I'm bad for cutting you off, but. Uh, to him, according to his, that's a long story about Luciferianism this sort of torchbearer of knowledge who set humans free, according to them. They don't see him as an oppressor or a trickster or someone to be worried about, but someone who relieves you of your restraints and allows you to bring forth a sort of raw self-will. I'm summarizing it, but that's their view in a nutshell. So he was more, remember, and he also had a lot of women. He has a lot of women. So modesty to him is not... You know, he has belly dancer girls. So when he saw me in my modesty thing, it's like, to him, it's like abnormal. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's like him is like, hmm. Because when you deal with someone, his values are not Islamic. His values are not Islamic. So he was not as receptive. But I, but I was, I stuck to my, my by my points, you know. Mm. And one day, if me and him can have a longer conversation, the more I study Islam, I'll be able to 
interact with his occultism more and be able to explain the um, differences and more merits of the truth of Islam. My mother, on the other hand, she was more receptive because she was like, oh, masculine men. <laughs> she was in the adult entertainment industry. And she said to me, well, men of uh, that descent uh, who are more Islamic are more fortified. They are more masculine. American men are trash. I don't know. She she had a joke, you know, and I was like, okay, well, she was like, they're soft. They're this, they're, they're addicted to this, this, because she was in the adult entertainment industry. She had a lot of customers. So she was able to give me another perspective. And for her, she was pleased, but she just was worried about like, don't get one that is abusive, right? Because she knows I don't have a partner. So she was like, don't just make sure that if you get a Muslim man, that he's an actual Muslim, not one pretending to be one. I think you know what I'm saying, right? Oh, some have like a different vibe where they don't pray their salah. They're just like a Muslim of show. So she was worried, don't get a fake one. Make sure you get one that actually has done their pilgrimage, that studied someone who will follow the rules. Just they're very good. Just be careful. And she, she asked me a lot of questions about the modesty aspect. And then I had a whole really deep conversation with her. And she said, I understand your compulsion for modesty. I understand. I'm older now, she was telling me. And I uh, I enjoy the modesty aspect now that I'm older because when she was younger, obviously, uh, she was not modest at all, right? Mm. Being filmed, being seen by men, revealing her body, uh, having a long career in that. Modesty was not something she made money off of, let's put it that way. But for her children, like for me, she was quite pleased. And she could tell how, you know, the Islamic mindset had calmed me down. She was like, oh, great. You know, and then my grandfather, he's a veteran. He was a soldier of Vietnam. He's a Christian. But he at the same time, he was like, oh, good. Hardworking men. Like he he didn't say much, but he didn't criticize. And then my mm-hmm. grandmother, she has a little dementia. She's a Mormon. And she said, honey, I'm just glad you have God. And I said, oh, OK, thanks, grandma. And then like that's all she says, like, honey, I'm just happy, you know, because she's really old. And she didn't criticize. And so, yeah, I mean, and also with my younger brothers, they're getting to the age where they're becoming very handsome. And I've been uh, trying to talk to them about Islamic male masculinity. And like, hey, you don't have, because their dads are dead. Uh, they were drug dealers and they're, they, were, they were killed, they're dead. So they don't have a father figure. And so I'm trying to introduce them slowly into Islam, like getting them interested. And that's why I think I've been getting more on this point of the Islamic male masculinity because I'm worried about my brothers. Because um, they're my both my parents remarried African-Americans. So I worry about him. There's a big push on femininity in the black male community. And they're good looking and I'm worried about them. I'm very, very worried like with the propaganda of like Lil Nas and the stuff that they're doing. So. My family has been very receptive. Now with my uncle, who was, he's more of a fundamentalist Christian. He's a, he was a Sunday school teacher. I haven't had the opportunity to talk to him yet, but I know he won't be receptive, but at least on a dialogue angle, I will be able to exchange scholarly uh, back and forth with him on why Jesus isn't God and, you know, why the Trinity is not really conceptually valid. And that day will come but he's not on the list yet to talk to, but everyone else besides my father has been supportive. 
So you know what? Let's just rewind a bit. I want you to get into that. You don't need to tell us the whole, you know, deep philosophical conversation you had with your mom on modesty, but maybe some cliff notes. So speak to the woman that's watching, that's falling for this feminist bullshit. And she's out here thinking that she needs to commoditize her body to make it in this dunya. Also talk to the girl that's maybe coming into Islam, kind of learning about modesty. And then also maybe to the, the girl that's already Muslim, but she's struggling with hijab. Okay, so one of the main points about modesty, what's beautiful with Islam is that you cut off the dependency and addiction to the male gaze and you become less self-hating because being around a lot of adult entertainment women types, the more they show, the more dead you become inside, the more you become alienated from your own consciousness. So one of the things my mother would talk about when we when I asked her about her career, about the type of psychology that's needed, the more you keep showing your body, the more men you sleep with, the more you need to have intoxicants upon you in order to do what you have to do. Because you start to change the way you look at men. You see them as just like this. this they have the thing between their pants. I'll get the job done. They give me the money. Get out. Next. Take a shower because they would take a shower after. And uh, next one, next one. The more you have, yes, you learn how to please them. You learn how to do it effectively and you'd get the job done, as they say. But you become more and more dead inside. And you get less satisfied with the men that you're seeing and you actually start to resent them. You see them as these base, humping, gorilla, just give me the money, like you start to almost hate them. And then you start, when you start to hate the male energy, you start to want to dominate them. When you start to dominate them, you start to vampirize them. When you vampirize them with their energy, you want to abuse them. You start seeking power in a very dark way. And then you start to become less nurturing. Then you see kids as an annoying burden. And then when the kids become annoying burden, you become more cold. When you become more cold, you need to loosen up a bit with drugs. Then the drugs come in and then you start, your personality starts becoming more schizophrenic. And then when you're more schizophrenic, you start to become more nihilistic. When you become more nihilistic, you become more self-loathing. And then you need to buy something. And then you buy this stuff that she would say, you'd buy all this stuff. And it the shoes, the perfume, the jewelry, the flowers, everything, it just, it, nothing was hidden. And then she moved into crack. She was like, cause she became a drug addict. And then it was a mess because you just keep going down, down and down. And then at a certain point, you're so mentally damaged from just using men that you can no longer see the goodness in men. The weak, virtuous men, like the Christian or Mormon she would describe, you'd see them as like, I'll just smash you. I'll peg you. I'll just ugh, I'll crush your testicles. And then when you get a dominant man, you almost want to destroy him like... The Epic of Gilgamesh, I don't know if you read it, but Ishtar was a was a quote-unquote goddess. It's like a 10,000-year-old tale. And you almost want to take those masculine men's heads as a trophy. A sort of like, I crushed him. I submitted him. I got him. I put a color on him. That's what the dominatrix stuff is, because she was also a dominatrix. So the more dark and sickly you become and the more vain and vapid you become, you also want to alter your body to compete with the younger women. So the plastic surgery comes in. 
right? You say, okay, I'm going to fix my boobs this year. I'm going to do my lips. And the more you submit to a doctor and pay him money that you got from your customers to beautify you, to create you, you start to get sick also because of the pills, because the Oxycontin, Oxytocin, Percocet, Vicodin, these pills they give you, they also affect you. They make you sick. You have withdrawals. You throw up. And so when they look in the mirror without any makeup and they're not all princessed out, they hate what they've done. They have flashbacks constantly in their head of all the different customers. You get a sort of PTSD. You push out those bad flashing images. You use drugs. And then you get a text like, hey, next customer's here. We'll see you at nine o'clock. Uh, you, your opening spot for this uh, you know, dance is going to be from this time to this time. Bring X and X outfit. Uh, they're going to pay this much you really start to become just like, ah, oh, ah, oh, and you become much more weighed down. And then just to sleep, oh, geez, just to sleep. It's like, it's horrible that they would describe. So I would tell these young Muslim girls is that the more additions you add on, the more of your money you spend, you are literally just like a dairy cow. What happens to a dairy cow? It gets pregnant, it gets milked, the male calf becomes veal, Eventually, the female cow, after she can't make milk anymore, she's sent off to the slaughterhouse. The bones are sold. The, the organs are sold. The hide is sold. You're pieced apart. Everyone making money off the dairy cow. When you work in the sex industry, you're on OnlyFans. You're doing all this stuff. You are a dairy cow. And worse also is that you begin to hate yourself and sex no longer has the, the, the beautiful angle to it anymore. And it makes you resent men hate yourself and you get this really horrible nasty ego of like oh the more validation you get from the male gaze the more cycle they become it's like oh i know i'm beautiful i know i'm this and it's like oh you're so nasty you're so mean you're so vain you're so mm -hmm. there's a there's a sharpness to your tongue it's like you're so manipulative and lying and you only care about going out and it's like they can't stay home and they spend all their dude's money it's like, no wonder why no good man wants them. Because a good guy, he gets that energy that those women vibrate and feed off of is not normal. They, they become abusive. And once they start drinking a lot, they smack their men. They hit their men way more quick to fight. So quick to fight. I mean, these girls, they start out really good. But the pimptresses, boy, a real pimptress, man, I've been around them. They just, oof. That's a scary woman, man. That's a scary woman because it's like it's their business to take you as a good girl and to fill you so many times with men that you no longer are even who you are. And the way they can manipulate you and call your psychology, you're not going to like it. Muslim girls, you're not going to like it. You're going to hate yourself and you're going to regret what you did. And intimacy is not that hard to learn. When you like somebody, it comes out. What they're going to teach you Yes, you'll get skills, but when it really will matter, you're going to be blocked inside because you're going to need a substance to, to get active, to get warmed up. And that substance is going to pollute your womb. It's going to affect your hormones. It's going to affect your metabolism and it's going to drain your wallet. And, you know, these drug dealers, they're going to peddle your drugs to you. They're going to want a piece of you, too. If you don't have the money because, you know, you spent it, right, you've maxed out your credit cards, you don't have a couple customers for a while, they're going to say, okay, you can't pay me the money, I want something else. And then she's going to hate herself for having to constantly give her body to people for validation. It starts with OnlyFans, it starts with Tinder, 
it starts. And these pimpresses, they're smarter than these girls. They want to take the virtuous young girls, the fresh immigrants, the young girls who are innocent, whose parents have guarded them, because that's the flavor. That's the menu. That's the price for them. The men who, who I've met and who I've been around and my father being of those types, they want a fresh girl who hasn't been broken in yet. And some of them specifically want a girl who's very innocent and they're going to break her down and pass her around with five dudes on one girl. And she and these pimpers are going to tell her, hey, this is going to be fun. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. Come on, come on, come on. Just have a little martini. Have a little pills. It's going to be all right. You know, use use fun, relax. We got music, we got food. Come on, just go upstairs. And the girls, when they do the walk of shame, as they call it in the morning, the makeup's messed up. They stink like all these different guys. A lot of these girls report crying in the shower. They have like a feeling inside of like a gap. And they're tender down there. They're not going to like it. And once they heal from that, then they can go harder next time and harder next time. And harder and harder and harder. And before you know it, once they get a reputation, as soon as they get in the car with a John, he's going to say, like, I heard about you. I don't have to treat you well, you know? The pimp culture is extreme. And the way Hollywood makes it, the way the strippers make it, remember, a lot of them are on drugs. It's one of these lot of innocent Muslim girls don't realize. The makeup hides it. The jewelry hides it. The ugliness of what goes on in those rooms would break their parents' heart. And it's going to be filmed. It's going to be uploaded. People will try to blackmail you. And they will try to get you to sell yourself for a price. And you can start high. When you're pure, right? You had like maybe 10 dudes your whole life. Okay, you can get 150 bucks. Maximum 500, right? But the more you get, the lower your price goes unless you become a fetish person, a dominatrix type. And let me tell you, you go into that field, you're not going to, you, 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 you're done. You're done. They, the, the things that those men request, you're not going to be able to go to sleep and forget it. Let's put it that way. And these girls have no idea what they're getting into. There is no, I'm scared. I don't consent. I want to go home like the feminist liberals say. They always, no, when you get there, the camera's on. There is no, I'm going to turn it off. There is, excuse me, we booked you. You're going to do your job. And they have much stronger women to come in and coax you. Oh, honey, you're scared. Come here, come here, come here. Here, 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 here. Take this. Oh, just this once, honey. Oh, next time it'll be so much better. And then they coax them. These women, they know what to do. And you trust them because they have big boobs. Like they have like they, they have an, uh, a sort of pull. Come on, come on, honey. Come on. We won't tell anybody. Your mom doesn't know. It's okay. It's okay. Come on now. They have different psychological ways they get them. And then they have like a really handsome guy there too who's a little bit more of like, hey, come on. And then those girls, they're like, oh, they do it. And eventually they're like, they get more tough as they say. And then that's when you're going to get the weirdos. That's when you're going to get the guy from Wall Street who says, no, honey, I paid $500. I'm going to get my $500. Don't you want that new bag? Come on, I'll take you for a ride in the Ferrari after. What's a big deal? It's not a big deal. And then they, they push them, they push them, they push them. And before you know it, these girls are so traumatized with PTSD, they have mental illness. They have chronic depression. Mm -hmm. They have anxiety, you know? And the constant judging of their bodies causes anorexia. It causes a disfigurement in this mirror where they're like, who am I? What am I? Ugh. They become so sick. And then you tell them, like, in Islam, 
you you do would do so you don't wear the makeup if you do it properly right you break free from that oh i'm gonna cover my beauty save it for my man that's powerful it's so powerful because no one can vampirize on you no one can judge you or manipulate you or say oh honey you should put this shadow of eyeshadow oh honey you should do your card pouring like this change your hair color this way do this do this do this do this no I'm going to do this, what I have to do for permeability for my salah. My dedication is to Islam. I am not going to be a dairy cow for you. I'm not going to the slaughterhouse. I'm not going to the brothel. And I'm going to listen to my imam. I'm not going to listen to the pimpress. Hmm. Islam is a very powerful tool. When I, The more I study it, the more I learn. That will save you from the trauma. Because Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, all these women... They don't talk about the loneliness and mental illness that they get or the dangers that come from marketing yourself like a piece of meat like that. Because when mm -hmm. the door closes, that's when the danger comes. So that's my what I would say to the Muslim girls is that stop now while you're ahead. You're going to get a customer who's going to fracture your brain. There is There's going to be things they're going to ask you to do. And at first you might say no. You say, okay, I'll give you 200. No, no, 300. 500 you're like oh, 500 oh geez and that's how it gets in mm -hmm. but then when you got the money and they toss it at you they toss the money at you when you leave that place and you go home and you take a shower you're you it's in your head forever yeah. it's i just want to add forever. something real quick that um before you go on that a lot of people are listening by now they're probably disliking they're probably commenting and they're gonna they're gonna be like okay it's not that bad or what do you mean not every girl does this here's the thing what what sister milana is talking about it could start from just being hooked into instagram validation it could be you needing attention seeking people in your dms it, it's not gonna have to be a transactional thing where you meet a guy in a hotel guys it literally starts with the basic fundamentals of internet modesty not really having that in check then only fans oh it's not that bad and every single girl i know that's down that road and i'm sure most of these girls might know some of these girls they're suffering they're suffering from tens or you know dozens of mental illnesses they're on meds and they're just not happy with themselves they're very insecure and they're just come on it's like a breeding ground for a gym for the shayateen and what islam is trying to do what the sister is trying to say is you know islam provides you an escape from this dunya from the shackles of this materialistic feministic postmodern world yes yes you see why they insecure is because when the male gaze looks at you or the female, because you will have to do lesbian actions eventually, eventually you will have to be bisexual. There is no, oh, I'm only going to be straight. No, no, no. You do what you're paid to do. And once you allow the money in, the money will make you walk. The money will make you talk. You will be a slave to paper. You really literally. And they'll get insecure because they'll be like, you know what? Your boobs aren't the shape I want. These customers will tell you, no, you know what? Can you wear a wig? I don't really like your hair color. Uh, can you put some contacts on? Can you make your eyes blue? Can you put in some vampire teeth? They will change you. Oh, can you wear, you know, is there a possibility for you to, uh, you know, fix your nose a little bit? You know what? I, I uh, don't really like your length of the hair. Can you cut it? Or can you wear, you know, like they'll just start to tell you what to do. And the more you start to become a circus performer, that's when you're going to start getting more alienated because you'll be like, oh, I got to wear all these costumes. I got to perform and and I, I, I'm not heated up because some men, they're not going to touch you and warm you up. They're going to say right now, 
not all men are going to be like this 50 shades of gray. Oh, I'm going to talk nice to you. I'm going to give you food and wine. No, sometimes it's going to be the door is closed. Do what I said. Here, I got an outfit for you. Here, dress like a dog. Here, here's a snake. I want you to put it on your body while I touch you. All types of perversions come in. And there is, you know, like, it's just, you cannot control it. When the avalanche is coming, you think, I'm going to be strong. I'm so special. I can resist. These psychologists, these pimpresses, they've been at the game longer than you. They've been at the game longer than you. You think you're the first girl? To be like, I'm not gonna be a big whore. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with the nice guys who are handsome. It's gonna be a guy with a fat stomach, who's balding, who's like smells like cheese. You know, it's not always gonna be the handsome guy. Mm-hmm. And money, if you got a skinny dude like from Wall Street, or one who works in the financial district, and he says, I'll give you a thousand dollars, and she's like, what? A thousand dollars for an hour? And he's like, but you, here's his list. And then you look at it and you're like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. Oh my gosh, what? And then that's when the Pinterest comes in with the drugs. Drugs will make you do things that you will be so embarrassed about. And they say, well, I won't need drugs. Oh, honey, you're going to need drugs once you have a couple of Johns. These, these girls think that they can tell a customer what they want. That's what you think in the beginning. But I know from experience, hearing my mother and meeting these stripper women, honey, you, you ain't got no power over a man who runs a brothel. It's his job to tell women, you know, what they got to do. And they know exactly how to do it. And some of them, some of the girls, there'll be a handsome guy that'll get them in. He will give her really good intimacy in bed. And he will totally dominate her in an unhealthy way, not the healthy kind, right? And he will, he will say, hey, can my friend come in? Why don't you have both of us? And she'll say, oh, I'm shy. He's like, honey, honey, don't be shy. And then his friend comes in. And then the next guy comes in. And now it's three on one. And she's like, who am I? And she'll stink. And then afterwards, they'll make jokes about her in front of her. Like, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. And then she'll get embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And they they, they know what they're doing. You cannot tell these people who it's their business. Like, if I'm going to go to an investment banker, I'm the customer. I'm going to tell him, no, we're going to negotiate. He's going to tell me where to put my money. Right. You go to a chef, you can tell him how you want your steak, but he's going to be the one to cook it with these pimpresses and these brothel owners. You're not going to these stripper club owners. You're not going to tell them what to do. You think because you're kind of like attractive, you got your long nails, you got your nice bag, you wear all your perfume. You're going to tell them how to do it. Honey, they'll let you think it. But they got their they got their pros. So be safe. Islam keeps you so safe. Like if you keep your prayer times. There's not going to be time for you to do that. I got to go to salah. I got to purify myself. I have to wash my makeup off. I have to do ghusul. I have to hang around righteous people. I need to listen to some scholars. I need to study. The Quran softens your heart. I wear the hijab, the niqab, right? The himar. These things are like medicine for you and are of protection. And birds of a feather flock together. You cannot be a good Muslim and hang around these sexy brothel types. It's just... That's the pedal of the occultists. I mean, it's hard for people to understand because maybe they had good parents. The rebellious aspect comes in. I want to rebel. You want to rebel? Okay, they're going to show you how to rebel. But guess what? You'll rebel and then you will be repelled. As soon as you're kind of tossed up, you're a little bit chewed up. Yeah, I think you are cut out. Yeah. 
No, ano, pat. body. And then you're 31. Then the wrinkles are going to start to come on your face. And then you want a baby, but your body may, your fertility is low and you have a high body count and you have a lot of baggage, a lot of mental baggage that a good man is going to be like, whoa, geez, like, can you go to therapy? And then she goes to therapy and then she goes and whines about all her trauma from bad customers to her therapist. And it's like, geez, who wants to have a kid with, with the... You know, it's like you cannot tell these pimpstresses and these these customers what to do. That's not the business. They they that's what the feminists and these liberals lie about. Like I'm 15 minutes away from Broadway, where that's the strip club area. That's right in San Francisco, right there. Uh, when I go to Richmond to buy burritos, there's prostitutes everywhere, right? The the glamorized prostitute culture is very rare for very few, and all those stripper ladies. When you see them in their 40s, they, they, they're, they're crazy. They get to be 50 years old, they're, they're, it's gone. They're like in the bars, they're smoking cigarettes, playing pool. Their breasts have sagged. They ran out of money. You know, a good man's like, hey, I heard about her. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to ruin your own reputation. So I got be modest. Stay mm -hmm. on the straight path. Worship Allah. Love your own skin. Love who you are. Be good to your man, honor your man, be happy with a small body count. You don't need to vampirize men in order to get energy from them. You know, a matriarchy that these feminists want is not going to be what you think. It's not going to be this utopia. We're all brushing each other's hair and, you know, like all the women are nice to each other. Patriarchy is better because they will protect us, keep us safe, give us healthy children and healthy male energy that is protected from the vampiristic brothel industry, the gin, the occult, the, the darkness of that aim. Because that'll also feminize men, you know? That occultist energy also busts out men to where they become bisexual, feminized men who can be mounted anytime. And that is not something Islamic. Islam does not have that. And the male Islamic energy that I have come to know It, it's not going to agree with the liberal feminist utopia or the atheist utopia of everyone be like bonobos. We have communes where we all raise each other's kids. We swap partners. We use drugs to loosen up. We create artificial wombs. No, no, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Muslim girl and you're being tempted, you are not stronger than these professionals. They're professionals. That's their job. Look at the bull, for example. Just look at a bull. If a bull can be mastered and be ridden on by a cowboy, what makes you think as a girl that you're going to tell a brothel owner what to do? If the strongest animal can be submitted, you can too. So don't get your ego boosted by your makeup, the music, your jewelry, your perfume, your car. That's all material garbage. They know how to get inside of your head. They're professionals. You think the, like a lot of the girls think because they have material objects, 
They'll have the energy, the power of their soul to withstand corruption. No, honey, that's the way in. They know how to play with you in ways they don't, these girls don't even understand. Don't let them in. Stay away from those women. Be happy with who you are. The, the plainness, the minimalism will keep you safe. Islam will keep you safe. And I know from experience, those women don't end well. You don't end well. You think you're going to have stories to tell other girls while you're hanging out on brunch? Oh, I did this. I did that. It's all going to come back in your dreams. Mm -hmm. It's going to be with you when you go to work and you like the images come in your head. You're going to want the images to go away. But you let it in. It's there forever. And they say, well, I need pills from a psychologist. I need this. And then the pills have their own side effects. It's just your body is going to be one messed up circus party of gins. You know, it's really mm -hmm. sad. It's really sad. Women women are always like, like today, the modern woman is on this train that, you know, oh, we don't speak bad about other women. Kind of like men, it's usually easy for us to nitpick. And, and if, if a guy's not on his stuff, we tell him straight up, like as it is. But women naturally, they, they don't like that. They have this sisterhood feminist type of community this collective where it's like oh we don't want to speak bad we don't judge you know we'll let them do whatever every girl girl power whatever this that this is what i hear and you know my problem with this is how are you going to improve if no one holds you accountable right the stuff sister milan's talking about it's, it's no other girl's gonna say it as it is and it's not gonna be as bad in every case but it always starts with oh i'm just gonna you know go outside just for some male gaze oh i'm just gonna go to the club you know I don't, I'm not going to the club for attention, right? I'm just going to go to the club or, Hey, you know, I'm just going to post this on Instagram. I know that voice inside me is telling me I shouldn't. I'm just going to do that anyway. Or, Hey, what's, what's wrong with OnlyFans? I'm not doing porn, right? It's just OnlyFans. I'm just, you know, guys are dumb enough to pay for it. So why not monopolize that? Right? But so Steve, that's the thing is like, they say the men are dumb to monopolize, to, mm -hmm. to monetize them. You already started. That's it right there. You're already turning men into an ATM. You're already disrespecting them. And then when they're going to come and disrespect you, treat you like a piece of meat, they complain. That's how it starts. It starts with, well, I'm hot. So why not make money and rob men of their money? You already started the process that is un-Islamic. That's unholy. You cannot treat men like that. You treat men like that. He has a reason to not want to treat you well. He has a reason to be like, you know what? You're going to talk to me like that? You're going to treat me like that? Okay, two can play this game. And the men are always going to be superior at doing it to women. Always men is going to win in that area. And the thing is, is these girls say, don't hold me accountable. These pimpresses, they'll fight you too. The other strippers, the other prostitutes, do you think they're going to be nice to you all the time? They'll put bleach in your shampoo. They'll rub their, like, oh, the things that these women will do if they get more customers, they'll be mean to you as well. Oh my gosh, the fighting that can happen backstage, the fighting that happens between girls. Like if another girl says, I like this guy and he always goes to you instead of me. Oh, I hate you. They'll do pranks on you. They'll put garlic in your milk. They'll, they'll do like pranks on you if you're inside the brothel house or they'll purposely make you go with a very violent customer. They'll set you up. It's like there's no sisterhood amongst prostitutes, amongst strippers. You think they're going to be like, oh, girl power. No, that's a, that's a facade. Oh my gosh. The, and, they, and those women don't really know how to fight, but man, they'll slice each other's faces up. When they have their um, their makeup mirrors, <laughs> the, the way they, oh, they're like, oh, she has this, she has that. 
the gossiping starts. Oh, look at her. She, she should work out more. She's fat. Oh, she's, oh no. Oh, no, no. And then you'll be hurt by the other women too. See, that's what those girls forget. Don't judge. No, there should be a strong woman there to snatch you up and say, what, what are you doing? Get your damn clothes on. Get home. What are you doing here? Get on. Like a shepherd, like be strong because that mm-hmm. Pinterest, you don't make her her money. You think you're not going to give her her cut? A think- real Pinterest is going to harm you. Mm, do you think like when women are not okay with patriarchy or they have this sick idea of men in their head do you think they're coming from a hurt place well yeah because they've had a bad relationship where there was like a bro meathead maybe who Mm. cheated on them they felt insecure so they said you know what i'm never going to be hurt again so i'm going to be the one who hurts them first or closes my heart that way i'll never get hurt again not true you're going to meet a good guy And he might have genuine feelings for you, but you've been so cold and you allowed yourself to be played like a fiddle. And then you're more cold and then he's going to be like, you know what? You're so cold and nasty. You got this edge on your shoulder for every dude. I'm out of here because there's going to be a calm Muslim girl who's going to be like, hi, I'll make you cookies. I'll bake you bread. I'll cook you dinner. I'll help you with your laundry. Who doesn't want that? Mm. She may be an eight and not a 12, but the 12 is lazy, doesn't cook, doesn't clean, will spend all your money on unnecessary crap, always wants to go out, always wants attention on her, doesn't feed your soul. I mean, it's natural for men to be like, okay, I'm going to get bored of this sexy lady after the sixth time, right? After you've already tasted the ice cream, you're going to start to be like, "Mm, you know, I kind of want to have children. And this chick doesn't want to settle down. So maybe I'll go with an eight. And then those girls become even more bitter. And then they were like, okay, hey, well, since no guy wants me, I'll monetize myself even more. Mm, and then that's effort. how you get even more deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's intense. The psychology behind it is real. And if, as I'm saying, like these liberal feminists, if you really listen to them as I'm around them, because I live in California and the Bay Area, they think because they have their their toys they think because they have you know the music the lights the costumes because there's a lot of shops you know you can go and buy stuff choke collars whatever they want that that's somehow going to protect them or help them find the right guy but the more perverted you get and the more perverted the man is the less safe your kids are around those guys because those guys are very dangerous men a lot of them are very open to abusing children or mm. making animals mixed in. Once you start on a very perverted path, it only goes more. And honest sex workers will tell you this, but they don't want to damage their client base. And a pimpress won't tell you much about the dangers. Why? That's like a ship saying, hey, I might undercook the chicken and poison you, but do you want to buy the chicken? You know what I mean? He's not going to, the chef isn't going to tell you about his potential mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to say, no, no, no. We always have organic. We always have this. We always have that. We're so strict. A pimpress and a brothel keeper, a pimp on the street, they're not going to tell you always the dangers. They might give you a little bit like, oh, have a safe word. Uh, here's the number to call. Uh, and then they'll say, oh, well, if prostitution became legal, they argue, uh, men would be more afraid to commit such perverted acts, which is not true because even when my mom was an escort and these men are dropping hardcore cash, plenty, the old cliche of women being left in dumpsters is, is, is like 
You think these Epstein Island types, they can't pay a lawyer to just dispose of you? You know, it's like these women are very dumb. They think because if they go to an expensive customer that they'll be safe. No, 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 no. That just means he has more money to dispose of you. You didn't want to do something. They're afraid you'll talk to the police. They will get rid of you. And they will send women to send you a message as well. These women are not smart. They're being brainwashed by music videos. And it all starts with taking off the clothes piece by piece. Take off your hijab, put on this halter top. Oh, now make it more sexy. Show more, show this. The male gaze is addicting because it gives you validation. It's Once you let it in, it's like a wave, a surfer. You gotta be a surfer. How many surfers crash? They fall in the water and there's sharks in the water. These men will feed on you so hard and stalk you. When you get like, and some girls think, oh, well, they won't find out my real identity. Yes, they can. It's so easy now to find out who people are. They can find where you live. He can find where you work. He can find you. It's so easy now to find people in the digital age. If these dudes show up at your home, you're going to be afraid. Oh, I'll call the police. They will, they will stalk you. My mom told me that she had to deal with so many stalkers. Male customers who were so addicted that they would go to her car, they leave her notes on her car, leave flowers on her car, leave her watches, leave her shoes. These men, once they've had you, some of them won't go away. And you're going to have to move. You're going to have to change your name. You know, it's going to be quite difficult. I want to I want to so, hear what Brother Angel and Rami has to say. And to be honest, it sounds extreme to a lot of our viewers, but it's like the the road that Sister Milan is painting for us, depicting for us, it only leads that way. And when you're one or two or three paces that direction, you might think, okay, I have the uncle to like restrain myself. I'm not going to be like every other girl. I'm not going to go that far. But it's like my guy or my girl, <laughs> the road only leads that way. So why are you even walking that way? Do you get what I mean? Like you're just being stupid. Yes. Yeah. And that's so, okay. So this is a, this is really good stuff and it, it gives people insight into this type of life because this is not something that many people know about. So um, the one thing that I want to do here is I want to kind of restructure this and bring it into um, more so for Muslim women here. Because right? let's be honest, a lot of the Muslim women are being affected by feminism. They're being affected by uh, liberalism and just all these different ideologies and ways of doing things, right? And with that being said, you have the traditional values in Islam that are actually starting to be tossed to the side by many of these Muslim women. Um, for example, there's a lot of Muslim women that are completely against religion, even though clearly it says it in the Quran. You got a lot of Muslim women who they they literally just want a man that's going to take care of everything for them but they are trying to one up and um kind of like you said they, they, it's a very uh domineering type relationship where the woman is in her masculine and the man is in her feminine and it was crazy is that the the woman will actually want this because of the ideology that's being instilled upon her because of the things that she's putting on to herself thinking that this is correct. So 
for these chicks, what do you have to say for that? So your question is like, what would I say to a woman who is not okay with polygyny? And what, what would you say to a woman who's not okay with polygyny? And what would you say to the women who are Muslim, yet they still are taking on, they're adopting these uh, ideologies and these ways of being where they are being the masculine in the relationship and they're being dominant instead of their man being dominant. And I don't even think they're realizing it too. Yeah. Yeah. So with the domineering part is the best part I'll give you because that'll lead into the polygamy part. So if you allow yourself to be the leader all the time with your man, you will lose respect for him. And when you lose respect for him, you will naturally not incline towards him in intimacy. And then once you decline towards him towards intimacy, he becomes a sort of slave for you of money, just paying the rent, uh, just buying you groceries, being your chauffeur, taking you around. You're going to start to lose respect for him and you're going to start to crave more of a, a hold. And then you might slip up and cheat on him with a man who is not a Muslim, but he's perfectly willing to put a belt around your neck and put you down. And then you're going to go home to your good Muslim man, secretly cheating on him, and maybe give him an STD. You might have gotten pregnant. You're going to then take even more of your energy out on him. And then you will crave eventually something more than just having a soft little soy boy who you've beaten down. Because if you beat down your man, you will get more and more and more just disgusted with him right? And he doesn't deserve to be abused by you mentally because a man who allows himself to be whipped on too much, eventually you will start hitting him and he might let you hit him, but you're going to get a false sense of ego trying to hit him, right? So let's say she beats her man because she's dominated him so much, but then she goes and cheats on him with a non-Muslim man to get physically intimately satisfied. A lot of these men who are not Muslims will haul off and sock you in the face. I mean, I've been, I think a lot of people on my channel know I've had a lot of fist fights with men. I grew up in a very violent area. I've seen abuse. My mom used to fight a lot with men. And, you know, I know what it's like to have a real man, even though I'm good at martial arts, hit you so hard that you're blackout. It's like, wow. And, you know, women who have, allowed themselves to beat on their nice religious Muslim man, they get more powerful, they think, like, oh, no man will ever strike back. But one dude will strike you, and he'll leave you in the street with your shirt exposed and walk away from you, or he'll snatch you by the hair and push your face on the carpet and really show you, like, you will not hit me. I am not bound by the rules of Allah or Islam. I am a man. Because, see, once you abuse your, your husband, you're going to want to try to cheat and get a sort of a hit from a real man, right? They're going to crave that energy, whether they say it or not. And, or they'll start introducing, you know, perverted forms of intimacy with their man. That's why a lot of women now, caution listeners, they're pegging their men. They're buying dildos, strap-ons, pegging their men, and then fantasizing or going ahead and cheating on their religious partners with men who are not Muslim who will perfectly, you know, put them in their place, choke them, do abusive things, slap them around. And then she becomes more inflated and more kind of like just, uh, you know, and 
it's going to abuse her man and you're incurring wrath upon you from Allah. You cannot psychologically abuse your partner. So if you're going to go down that road of wanting to always be the one leading the way of your man, you should have picked a better partner. You need it. If you find yourself not wanting to submit to a man, you pick the wrong one. Because if you have a man who is like this magnetic energy, you will sit down naturally. You'll be like, oh, I like this guy, man. He's really nice. He's wise. He's calm. He calms me down. But if you find yourself wanting to compete with a man, then you've picked the wrong partner. And that means that you should pick someone who calms you down, not rouse you up. Because if a man rouses you up and you want to dominate him, that's a clue that you picked the wrong guy because your man is supposed to calm you down. He's supposed to be your rock. He's supposed to be someone who you can turn to and he exercises your energy. He pulls out the energy from you in intimacy. If you're the one who is constantly bashing him, complaining, nagging, you picked the wrong guy. And you made him softer with the more abuse. Because not all men can handle the abuse. They don't understand what's being done to them until they've already gone down the wrong rabbit hole. And see, that's where polygamy comes in. I am a, was, before I was a Muslim, didn't understand the concept very much. But I realized as I studied more in Islam, and I got to see real Muslim men who are masculine, it really does become like the lion and the pride. Where you're like, hey, these ladies want we want we want to be with him give him children let's honor him let's guard and protect him i want his seed in my belly i want to give him children i want to be with him that's like a holy thing and it's not the uh pimp way because a lot of the women think oh it's the pimp way floyd mayweather with his stripper chicken heads no 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 we're not talking just about lust we're talking about honoring him with heirs with offspring it's a different energy where you sit down like with your legs folded and you're like, wow. Like your brain doesn't even think about arguing, about smacking, hitting, pulling his beard, spitting on him. You're like, let me feed you. Let me, what can I do for you? That's how you know that polygamy is a necessary and real aspect that is healthy for men because it's also going to keep that man healthy. See, if you allow yourself to become the dominant one and you're always abusing and dominating your man, slapping him around, go here, go there, he's not going to be healthy. He's not going to be the leader. And then when you have a crisis and he can't help you or a man is attacking you in the street and he doesn't defend you, you're going to be even more disgusted. And you're like, do I got to do it? I'm tired. Mm. I got to do it. And then you become more resentful towards men. It's nice to have a man who can bear the burden on the shoulders. It is nice. You can see, you can be strong. I had to learn this too. I'm a very strong person, but the world is already competing with me. I don't want to compete with my man. I don't want to compete with my partner. We're a team. We're a freaking team. We have to be a unit, you know? And if you're with the other women who are sharing him, right? Your, their wives, get along, treat them well. If they have a baby, change the diaper. You can be a solid unit. That is so powerful to spread Islam. When you love Allah and you get a good, righteous Muslim man, you are a unit to spread the religion, to spread his seed, and to help the other women survive as a unit. If you are the domineering one and you have a wormy, weak man, of course you don't want to have a second wife because you don't respect him. You don't think he's worth it. You think, ah, I'll get him. Look at this worm. Look at this guy. He's going to get a second wife. Psst, yeah, right. 
I'm, if he's not good enough for me, how are you going to be good enough for a second one? So of course they won't do it. Now, they, they confuse it with the groupie aspect. You're not a groupie. You're not a side chick. You're a wife. Duties come with being a wife. Honor comes with being a wife. Demands come with being a wife. A side chick, like, because remember, I'm Italian. So if you have a guy, he's a side chick, a guma. It's like she gets a couple shoes. She gets some nice stuff. She's the Italian side chick. But he has his real Catholic wife, right? A lot of Italian men on the East Coast, especially, you know, in the 80s and 90s, like a lot of my family who still lives in Italy, they, they have their side chick, but they give her presents, right? Like, okay, I cheat on my religious wife. She gets gifts. But when Islam is better because you're not a side chick, you're a wife. And with a wife comes responsibilities like the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, right? You, you have to take care of these wives and provide for them. And yes, you will incline towards one, towards more than the other. But if you don't have an ego and you realize you're a unit and that you love Allah, your duty is to spread Islam. Your womb is a tool that will help you to spread the religion and you love the religion more than you love yourself and you honor your man, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal, but that's why the man has to pick the right type of woman and the woman has to pick the right type of man. Because to me, I see polygamy as a, that's the brilliant way to help spread Islam. Because some women can only have one kid, they can't have any kids, but that's what makes us different than the Christians. I mean, Mormons had polygamy and then they were not allowed to have it anymore. But they would have children and they would live on their estates together and they were a good family, a solid family, right? It's important to spread the religion because we're being Muslims are being killed all over the world. Look at China, they're in concentration camps. And China was doing sterilization programs upon Uyghur Muslims, right? So think about it. In Gaza, they have buildings falling on little kids' heads. You need to be repopulating the ranks. We need strong men to stay healthy. And them having different wives also helps the women to compete in staying beautiful. How many people let themselves go? Oh, I had my man, you know, but if you know he's going to do Gosul and go with his other wife, you're like, you know what, maybe I will go for a run. Maybe I will keep up the little bit of healthy competition, little bit of healthy maintenance. This is, is completely different than being a, a chicken in a brothel or being a pimp's girl or being a groupie or being a side chick, there's no honor in that. But when you love Allah, you understand how the prophet, peace be upon him, did it. You find the right guy who his energy naturally makes you sit down. You're like, oh, yeah. You know, it's you have to do the work and you have to find it. And the man has to have the character that naturally makes you submit in that way. But it's a tool that is a blessing from Allah and a mercy. But some women, they think that they got their man just because they don't share him with other wives. No, society is already trying to take him away from you. So why have adultery when you, he can have a second wife and you can get along with her and you can make yourself a team? One does the cooking, one does the laundry. One takes the kids out, one is the teacher. Be mature. I mean, it's not that hard, but women make it harder because they want to be the queen instead of being the teammate. Every woman wants to have the crown on her head. But it's like, no, we have to be more than that. Take off the crown and let's be a team. Shoulder to shoulder, you bear a burden, I bear a burden. We're in this together. Let's love this man. Let's all take care of the children. Let's do it, right? But it takes a certain level of dedication to Allah. If you're, you only care about yourself, 
your makeup, your shoes. Of course, those women won't do it. But again, the men so, have so much power. My bad. No, it's good. So, do you think that women are just, or Muslim are against polygyny because of what you said? Because um, they just don't respect the man. They don't see him as like a lion or like worthy. Yeah. Or do you do you think it's just because they just don't want to share? It's a both. It's a play of both because look at how the media makes men look like idiots a lot. You look at the popular mm-hmm. TV shows. Uh, even if you have a VPN, you can get past censorship and what your country allows for you to see. But they make men seem like idiot, drunkards, losers, wallets. So of course, you already have a Hollywood that's trying to make you see men as nothing, and they don't have the right type of man who they'd want to share, and they're in denial about the purpose of a man, about the history of men and how they used to usually have, you know, they used to spread their seed in that way. And they have a false sense of like, I can hold on to him forever. He'll never get bored of me. There's no benefit. I'll always be jealous. But let me tell you, I once, and this is a personal story, which is how I know Islam is the right religion. I once caught a partner of mine watching porn and I punched him in the face. I was a little bit more violent. (laughs) I was bad. Okay, I was wrong. I did it, though. But he wasn't a Muslim. He was an atheist. But I, I got jealous. But now it's like, now that I've gone into Islam, and I've gotten to see some examples of real men, and you're like, there's no jealousy there. How? Whoa. Like, that's amazing. Like, I would totally be a second, third, fourth wife to this guy. He already has four wives. But if he was open to it, I would do it. And I was like, that's that's something interesting. Like, I, I you have to go through it and see it. But that's the thing is these women have to find that man. And the man has to be of himself a real man. That's what comes in the male masculinity. A soft man, no. It just, you can tell. Like, you ain't gonna, you can't find your way off a paper bag. You know, like, if the man doesn't command respect, of course. But a, a solid, just fortified, disciplined man can do it. I mean... So many women, they have open relationships here in California, right? The liberal women have uh, the bachelor parties before they get married. They have open relationships or they call it the 25th surprise where you're married for 25 years. You let your partner sleep with someone else. There's already a lot of traditions like that where after a certain amount of years of being with someone, you let your partner cheat on you and then you talk about it. There's already a lot of that type of culture in America. So that's already a sign that people recognize or they do threesomes, right? They do threesomes or they do other perverted things, but that's the dishonorable route. The honorable route is a lot, or they watch pornography together. So these women, they they don't make sense in their own heads. They'll watch porn with their partner. They know their partner sees other women out on the street. They'll sometimes let their partner sleep with their neighbor or, you know, they wife swap. They do double dates. They do all these different things that are already like haram, right? And a lot of Muslim women will deny that they do it, but it is pushed by feminists and liberals to do this. Why do that when you can just have a second wife and you can trust her? She doesn't have STDs. You know her face. You know she's clean. You know she's a good woman. You can be a team, but you have to work in your character and you have to make your man fortified. You cannot abuse him, make him soft, manipulate him, put him down and you will naturally see that this isn't just about you 
You're not the queen bee. You don't have to be the leader in the family. You're not the leader in the family. You think you are because of your comfort, but you're not. So I think that you're right is that there's a lot of women who don't agree with polygamy because they don't, they don't see their man as someone who's earned it. Men, they can work on that themselves and then those women will come to them. And he has to be strong to select based upon that though. Because if you get a narcissist woman, well, you get what you ask for, you know? So it comes down to both the men and women finding the right match. You know what I'm saying? I hope I explained that well. Yeah, that was very clear and concise. Okay, so next question. All right, next question. How would a woman, a Muslim woman, begin to open herself back up to this? To being polygamous? Yes. Well, I'd say first off, start by getting healthy. If you have cellulite, go and work out. You eat bad, eat healthy. Cut off the also the propaganda, meaning turn off the reality TV. Stop listening to the music of these women magicians who give you a sort of warped concept of alpha females, you could say. Love who you are on your skin. Encourage your man to work out. Feed him well. Love him well. Build him up to be that, that strong uh, prophet-like figure. And then take a part in selecting the woman. Have her come, you know, and say like, hey, you know, this is what the duties will entail. Can we get along? Can she live in a separate room or a separate house? Or how can we do this? You know, come together as a unit, but you have to be healthy and you have to have self-esteem. So eat good and cut off the women who are encouraging you to just be vain, vapid, narcissist, egotistic maniacs. Humble yourself before Allah. Work on your relationship with Allah. Understand that the world and the everything in it is not a, a revolving around you. Like being a mother, understand that as a woman, you have a duty to guard and protect children. And that having children, producing Muslim children is an honor. You have to do those things. You have to take mm -hmm. care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And you have to get off the drinking. And you have to get off the pornography. And you have to break off those things that are warping up your, your concept, like your righteousness. Mm -hmm. Become more righteous. Make your partner more righteous. And that will lead the way to it. That's what I'd say. All right. So here's a real question. You being... Woman, are you coming from the feminine angle point of view here? When you see a man, right, which man holds more value in your eyes? The man that can have multiple women, multiple wives here, or the man that um, I'm not going to say cannot, but more so chooses not to? Hmm. To be honest, I'd rather see him with multiple women because I'd say, hey, He's doing his part to spread the religion. Y'all heard it first. What about what about a guy that can but choose not to? I would say he's being he's he's made the choice, and I think he hasn't made the decision because he hasn't found the right woman who has presented herself. So I'd say, hey man, he hasn't found it. Well, at least he's being good, and he denied it, and maybe he has a reason. He just hasn't met the right woman yet, but maybe he doesn't uh, want the stress. And he has found the woman he wants, but he should have a duty to produce more Muslim children. Wait, what do you mean he hasn't found the right woman? Like, what if he's found a woman, but to him, 
he sees that as like, oh, this is this is the woman. This is the woman for me. So what do you mean by that? That he hasn't found the woman. Yeah, like, I a good way to think you... about it, this would be like how the Prophet was monogamous to Khadija for like their entire relationship. All the yeah. prophets were monogamous too. But that being said, the Prophet Ali was polygynous after you know Khadija left. So yeah. So Allah gave him a command with Aisha, right? And she had her purpose to be the mother of believers. So if you make the choice, I still think that some people's energy will shock you. Like, oh, like it'll take you aback. And you'll say, you know what? This, I need to have more children. And it also comes down to a man who might not choose it. He may not choose it because he doesn't want to have to do the intimacy part all the time. Maybe he's like, you know what? I can't perform this much with this woman. I can't afford it. But if he's focused on producing Muslim children, I think he would do it. So I think it comes down to, does the man want to be the father? Does he want to be the seed, the gardener in that way? So it comes down to producing heirs for Islam. So he might find the woman who's beautiful enough and says no. But I say it's an argument of, I have a duty to make Islam spread across the world. You know, you have a, that's how I look at it. So he can choose not to. Okay, cool. Take care of the one you have. Awesome. Good. Maybe you can adopt. Maybe you can give zakah. Maybe you can build a masjid or a school. There's other ways he can spread Islam. But for me personally, I think you have, it's time for a heavy push with all the wars going on with Muslim countries, how much death there is, censorship online, constant targeting. It's time for babies to be born and it's time to spread the religion. So I put it as a more of a uh, conquest aspect. I guess yeah, you could say that's beautiful because there's a there's a big push for some reason for polygyny polygyny not to happen, and it's weird because it's coming weaker. from the Muslims. So to hear this perspective, it's uh it's refreshing because to hear the other perspective, um, it kind of brings thoughts to your head, or as a man, it brings thoughts to my head of like, ah, uh, well maybe I should just be with one woman, but when I hear uh, perspectives like this it's like ah yeah yeah you know this this seems fitting this seems like it it is how it should be well recognize that the feminist liberals want to reduce the population remember that they want to reduce the population because of climate change and they are openly pushed to reduce the population on earth that's why they want you not to eat meat they want you to be vegans they want you not to drive your car they they're trying to uh agenda un agenda 21 uh there's a reason why Muslims are being penetrated with that is because they want to reduce populations in general. They see humans as a sort of virus on earth. Mm -hmm. uh, being a mother is seen as being shamed upon. And Islam is the last religion where you actually have people who follow their faith, not to be rude, but they actually want it. So of course they're going to target Muslim women with that propaganda. They see, oh, you have three or four kids. You're doing a curse for climate change. Because I live in the liberal areas. If you see the way they talk about the planet, they worship the planet. I'm not saying we shouldn't care about pollution, but they want to reduce the population. That's why there's an abortion clinics all in the poor areas. They want you to abort your children. They make movies about aborting your children. They glorify the feminists. They wear shirts that say, shout your abortion. They glorify baby killing. So of course they're going to target Muslim women and say, don't have more than one wife because that's a form of uh, keeping you from breeding. It's a form of keeping you in check. That way mm. they can inoculate your men with bad food, brainwash them, 
and then now you're reducing your own numbers you're doing the work mm. for them mm. right so for me it's like if you really love your religion and you want islam to rule you need to have children that's the easiest way but see feminists see birthing as a curse as oppression i see it as a tool and an asset right but that comes to how much you love allah that comes down to how ready are you it's such an easy way to spread islam your womb your healthy man is there waiting you don't need to have all like uh you need the fanciest ipad you need the fanciest baby clothes you need to have a fancy baby crib materialism comes in and you say well, I can't afford uh, to have a kid because I can't afford all these toys for it. Man, that's not how it works. Have the children, spread his seed, raise Muslim children, replace the children who are dying, adopt, do it. It's such an easy way. But they love, like, I mean, come on. If they won't even take off their makeup to worship Allah, of course they're not going to want to have another wife. I mean... Come on, you know, like that's why you have to pick the right women. Some girls, some girls are confused with that statement, but they don't know that you're wudu. I'm just speaking like from a shari perspective. I'm not talking about like what you, you know, what's between you and Allah, that's between you and Allah. But strictly Islamically speaking, if you have makeup, your wudu is kind of nullified, right? Let's let's keep it 100%. Because you have to do wudu, you have to do abolition. Exactly. So your wudu is not going to be fully valid. I don't know if your salah is going to be fully valid, right? It's not for me to judge, but. You have to is. get your face wet. You have mm-hmm. to get your face wet. If you put your wetness on your makeup, it's going to smear. Mm-hmm. So well, I don't want to apply it again. It's expensive. It's MAC. Mm-hmm. They think going like this with their hands, with air, is like some no. The hadiths are clear. You know, <laughs> if it's clear. But they're addicted because they're programmed to it by narcissists, uh, you know, type of women who are very vain and vapid and surface level. Oh, wear the mask of makeup be put on the filter you know no forget about the makeup forget about the handbags and the nails produce muslim children but again they put their materialism before their man and before god you know it's it's quite sad but it's it's intelligent if you study psychology you study warfare you study eugenics you study political systems and ideologies it's so clear how they target muslim women I mean, it's it's really not that hard to see, but the women won't, they don't want to accept because they don't want to change. But mm. men, you don't need to change the women, just pick better women, really. <sighs> I mean, don't get a woman who you have to fix. Get a woman who's already doing it. And I mean, bada bing, bada boom, as they say, you pick a better woman who is ready to spread Islam and it wants to have children who's fertile. If you can't give up makeup for God, of course, they're not going to want to like have a second mm. wife. They already love makeup more than their own God, more mm. than Allah. I mean, that's rude to say, but I don't want to hear any ifs, ands, or buts about it. I've, I've dealt with those kind of women. They're just lying to themselves because it hurts their feelings. They, they don't want to admit how insecure they are, how addicted they are to the makeup. But they don't want to admit it. Let it go the makeup. Use your womb. Your womb is like a tool, man. It's just... It's such an easy way to spread more Muslim babies. But they want a career chase. They don't want to look ugly while pregnant, they say. They don't want to look fat because they're afraid their man will go with someone else. It's like a baby is potential. Baby is potential. Give your man sons and daughters. Your breasts, feed them with your own breasts and make them grow and be healthy. It's such an easy way. 
such an easy way, but it's, you know, in the abortion culture, what do you expect? You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. I got a, I got a question for that. So, um, on right. New Muslim. I'm just going to create a hypothetical scenario. He's single, not married. I don't know if he wants to get married anytime soon. I don't know if he wants to, you know, if he's looking, but what I do know for a fact is if I was in his shoes and I was single and I'm here with all these Muslims that might not really be it, I, w- I would be like, bro, I'm, I can't find a good woman. So where do people that are new reverts, where do people that just came into Islam want to get married, want to kind of help lower their gaze? Where do they find these women that you're talking about? You're asking me or him? Yeah, you. You know, I that's a good question. I think social media is a powerful tool, but we have to create the networks. People have to start creating those types of groups. And if these if women like me create YouTube channels and we start networking with each other, we can create it. They may not exist, but we have to talk about it. We have to make it ourselves. We can't sit around waiting for an imam to help us, mm. but to supplicate to Allah, we have to do it. YouTubers supporting each other, saying their honest views, and more women will say, I'm like that, I'm like that, I'm like that, and then we can network as a cohesive unit, right? So I think you'd have to use social media, you have to be in person, you have to go hunting. Well, find the elk, as they say. You're going to go find the great white shark, get in the boat. You got to go out there, give dawah, you know, do everything you can and pray to Allah, and maybe that woman will come in your path but we have to verbalize it. You know, we have to say it. And then someone will hear the call and come. Mm. I believe Allah will do that. If we say it, we give the call. Those women will wake up. I'm like that. I didn't know I was, but I am. Here I am, right? That'll help because that's what I'm going to do. And a lot of women are shy to say it. But why? If you care about your religion, you care about Allah, and you really feel Allah inside you, you recognize that Muslims are under attack. They are coming and they are hitting you hard and your makeup is not anything. Your bags, your job, your career, spread the religion. Because if we really believe this world is temporary, having children and spreading male seed is a duty. You know already your house is not coming with you. Your car is not coming with you. Your iPad, your iPhone, your PlayStation, none of it is coming. But what you leave behind, you can leave behind 10 children. You can leave behind a legacy a bloodline, right, that honors Allah. And yes, some children might become atheists. They might go astray. But you tried. You tried. Your womb is a tool. It's powerful. Embrace motherhood. Don't kill your own children. Don't withhold your legs from your man. Give him what he needs. He will give you what you need, and it will be better. But we have to talk about it ourselves and create those networks. That's what I'd say. I agree 100%. Rami, you've been awfully quiet the whole episode, bro. SubhanAllah, I don't think I've said a, a word. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Well, uh, exactly what's going on yet. Well, mm-hmm. What's going on, my head? Enlighten us. You've accepted polygyny again. I've never, I've never, <laughs> not, I've never not accepted polygyny. Uh, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But on, what's going through your head, bro? Because I know, I don't know, bro. Like I'm literally imagining if I were you. And I'm a new Muslim, bro. I would be like, what's it been six months since you reverted, bro? I would not be okay being single. I don't know. 
let the man be. Let the man be. Allah. How about you, Romy? What? What's the question? Same question applies to you. What what was the question though? I wasn't listening. How you bro? How you gonna well, say let fiance, the man be talk if you weren't listening? All I all I heard was I would not be okay being single because you've been a reverse. Yeah, and he he has a fiance, bro. <laughs> Y'all putting me on the spot. No, hundred percent. Well, let's talk about Milan. Are you kind of? Are you? Do you see yourself getting married to a guy in the near future, or is that something that you kind of waiting till you found the right guy? Well, I want someone who's like the level of a sheikh or an imam, a scholar. I'll be honest. I've had bodybuilders in the past. I've had enough of the carnal stuff with the Americanized dating. Very alpha men, very, you know, very good men. Alhamdulillah, we separated. But it is what it is. But I want a real Muslim man who's like a scholar who can make me a better Muslim. I need somebody who's smarter than me, more disciplined than me, and who's strict. So when I find him, I'm going to give him children. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I don't oh, care if he so has that. four wives or three wives, whatever's permissible under Allah. Let me in. Let me in, I'll say. You know, let me in. <laughs> you know, I'll give you children. And I have skills. Cooking, cleaning, whatever needs to be done. Alhamdulillah, let's do it. I'll hunt for you, whatever it is. I'll fish for you, whatever it is. But you have oh, to be a real Muslim. Right? I don't want a lot of young men come, right? And it's like you're 25 because I'm 30, you know? And it's like, I'm sorry. It's like you're too young. You, you, you're too young. You're, you're not. Even if you're very in the dean, you're too young. I need someone in the 40s, maybe even their 50s, who's like a scholarly mom, someone who's, who's there who's there. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be led astray. I've had enough time with the carnal side. I want someone who's real and to honor them with children. So when that comes, alhamdulillah, it'll arrive. I, but I supplicate, you know, I supplicate. And some women say, you shouldn't say that. Don't say that. Because, you know, in a mom, or they'll never want you if you say that. And it's like, okay, if you don't say what you want, how are you going to help that? You have to let people know because other women might be like, hey, I want that too. So, during Ramadan, I supplicated for that. And Allah will decide. Allah will decide. But I'll still help a lot of children, right? Give to charities. Help my neighbors out. Volunteer at the schools. I'll still make sure I can help as many children as possible. And, you know, do my dawah part and perfect myself every day. But only Allah decides what bounty you'll get. And if I don't get it in this life, alhamdulillah, in the hereafter, there might be something there. You never know. So press forward. That's for you. Yo, this this woman needs to be the voice for the Muslim, bro. 100%. Except, listen, except except for the uh going after guys that are like 40 to 50, like let, let the women, you know, choose what age they want. Yeah. Oh yeah, I Leave know. That part out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um what you're saying is real. Thank you. I'll vibe with it. Oh, thank you. Oh. Rami, come on, man, say something. I think I think you were just the, the the amount of just fire that you were spitting like he's just like out of breath. Yeah, he's just yeah. Oh. He, he doesn't even know what to say. Allah, 100%. There have been a few a few moments uh, where I thought of certain things to say, but um obviously uh, had to let the sister talk. Mashallah. Uh, alhamdulillah, she was on a roll for like the entire episode. Alhamdulillah, really held it down. I think she got the uh, 
and very, very important messages, messages out there. Alhamdulillah. Um, one thing I want to say for the question about Anhel, like, uh, you know, where do you go to find a good Muslim man or woman? Uh, may Allah grant him pious spouses, Allahumma ameen, and children who be the coolness of his, la- uh, his eyes, ameen, and allow him to be a leader for the righteous. But, but I don't think there's a place to go, right? If there was a place to go, everyone would be heading down there, right? And then it would be corrupted by all the, the wrong types of Muslims. But um, there is no place to go. And I, I think that's why it really comes down to the man or the woman as an individual, which we've been talking about this entire episode, because um, you're going to get some good suitors and some bad suitors, and it's up to you to vet them yourself. Um, so there are some places that are better to go to right like it's probably better and more ideal to meet someone through a family friend than at the mall but it's possible that the person me at the mall is better than the family friend um so i think it you know all comes down to us as individuals since we don't have a proper system living where we live and this is like this is the thing people don't understand people think we have it easy we don't have it easy we actually have it very difficult um even compared to some other places in the world we had a brother recently talking about the place he lives in is just beginning to get corrupted with liberalism and secularism we are corrupted we are liberalism and secularism so we we have to understand that we're actually fighting a battle uphill we don't have it easy we actually have it very difficult and if you know as as brother mahdi said in the episode very good episode mashallah go check it out um if you're not progressing you're regressing so if you're not actively trying to make yourself better up here and here and everywhere every way shape and form connecting to allah um and strengthening that connection then you're going to regress and you're going to go down this liberal secularist uh, path and that's going to lead you down the path every you know what the sister was talking about just now subhanallah exactly exactly so we can if we make the networks ourselves we can do it we have to lead by example like us doing this is a form of it because somebody might watch it and be like you know what i'm gonna create a an after school club i'm gonna create a speaker's corner in my neighborhood i'm gonna do this that this is how we do it you have to, to step forward and put it out there in the world yeah i've been thinking a lot recently that we need some kind of sharia in some way shape and form uh in the west like we need sharia courts and we need to do them right islam needs like islam needs to have its own like even if it's under canadian law because it must be if we live in canada or american law if you're in america we need to have some kind of force some kind of power like even if it's like during the marriage contract being able to go to the man's house and uh take money or take something as to take child support take the woman's rights islamically like if you are truly secular then you should allow for some kind of um, uh, institution like that that will give Muslim people who, uh, you know, cherish Islam in their deen to sign up for something like that, to be a part of something like that. And I think we should really push for that because until we have some kind of law and, and accountability for both men and women, we're still living under the same uh, laws, fighting the uphill battle. So I think that uh, would be a huge step, inshallah. Agreed. Inshallah. All right, let's start a Sharia court. Yeah. If you guys made it this far, hashtag Sharia. If there's anything else, let us know. Any of you? There was a, there was something for sure, but I completely forgot. All right. What was uh what was the last thing you were talking about? Ron? Sharia courts. No, before that. How you uh you're single, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Um, living in the the West, you're fighting an uphill battle. 
Yeah, yeah, but that's why we all have to come forward and create networks. We have to be unified. Yes. Be unified. Yes. And that's a key component to be unified because, like, you have to be. You literally have to be. We cannot be distant. We have to use the internet as a tool to unify. Yeah. I'm just wondering, uh, what's your favorite hadith or ayat from the Quran? Just something that really vibes and resonates with you. As soon as you read it, you just knew, like, the ayat where it, all of them where they talk about, have you not walked across the earth and see what was of those before? That the ruins, right? That you can be replaced. That Allah guides whom he wills and leads astray whom he wills. But basically the one where you walk through the earth and see what was the end of those who came before. That one is powerful because I am a very big nerd. Archi- you know, I'm into architecture and, you know, think about the Romans, the Aztecs, the Mayans, the Incas. Every single dynasty of China, right? Think just up and down, up and down. And you're like, wow. So when we see the secularists today pretending that robots are going to save the future, you're like, honey, what does Allah say? You know, that one is what I like the most. Yeah. The Hadiths is where the Boudins are involved. The Bedouins, I, I always pronounce it wrong. Those are always my favorite because they remind me a lot of myself. And he had to deal with a very strong-headed, kind of like very solid people because I was very out there as a child, running on train tracks and stuff like that. So the all the hadiths where the prophet has to deal with the like very blunt uh, words of the Bedouins, the Bedouins, is like, oh, he has patience, you know, he has patience and to, to deal with them. And there's their strong kind of almost stubbornness, you know, and the patience you have to have. So... I'd say those hadiths are always my favorite. Always my favorite. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. Oh, and there's, sorry, there's also a hadith where he talk, he points to a woman and says, shall I show you the women of paradise? And it was a woman who, she was one of the captives and she was nursing all the children from her breast. So um, she's like taking one child, giving them, next child, giving them, next child, giving them. He says, that's the woman of paradise. I'm summarizing it, but that one is kind of like how I saw myself. It's so I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter if the child needs to eat, the child needs to eat. I don't care if it's mine or someone else's child needs to eat. The nurturing aspect, you know, that's that's what I that's another one. Yeah. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. I feel like there's so many women that are gonna get mad at hearing the hadith, but my question is who the hell else is gonna do it? Who? The men? Exactly. Are the men gonna take pills and like after two years grow something? Like you know, men can actually produce i'm not gonna say they can produce milk but they can they can produce a, a milky substance yeah. if they have very high prolactin levels yeah yeah it's nasty yeah if you made it this far also write down hashtag prolactin comment down below write two comments write five comments really helps the algorithm it's videos like this that will get censored will get demonetized but we really don't care it's videos like this that will not be promoted in the algorithm it's all good hashtag milky hashtag hashtag milky hashtag polygyny hashtag mother yeah hashtag only fans no, no, no. No, bro. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. We'll get the wrong type. No, no, that's horrible. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. you're right. Well, maybe we'll get the right type. We'll get the people who are looking for OnlyFans and then they become enlightened. Oh, right? there you go. Yeah. Ooh, I never thought about yeah. that. I don't know. 
All right. Mr. Milan, is there any other message that you have for anyone watching? Any last closing words? I'd say before you get mad at me and the things I say, just honestly be alone and hear what I said. Because I know from experience and I know what I'm talking about. So hear me out and don't just blow up my DMs with hate. I don't hate women and I don't hate men. I love a lot more than I love anything else. And every day I work harder, alhamdulillah, and you should too. I mean. I mean, and y'all, y'all better get used to her because this is the new voice of the Muslimas. She's, uh, she's going to be leading the future generations of thousand Muslimas. Thousand percent, thousand percent. I have a feeling this is not going to be the first time having a, a feature with you. But with that being said, Rami, end it off, bro. All right, inshallah. Uh, before I do, I want to say this has been your daily dose of cognitive dissonance. But a fresh reminder that cognitive dissonance um, needs to be dealt with. And if you're angry, it's because it just uh, disagrees with your preconceived notions on life and your preconceived notions could be incorrect. Believe it or not. Yes, we're not always right. So if you want to just hate, okay, خلاص, but understand that you're just hating and it doesn't mean anything because emotional skepticism thought out the window if you can refute uh you know the points made the arguments made that's a different story but since we are operating under the deen of allah very unlikely you'd be able to do that and if you think you have you're just you're fooling yourself but with that being said uh may allah bless his sister for joining us and the the two brothers beside me uh especially on hill may allah increase him and in everything and i'm gonna leave that I mean, y'all, y'all really putting me on like this. I'm putting you. Listen, on. I'm not in resistance. I'm ready for multiple wives if that is what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has planned. Yes, and may Allah bless you. Yeah. You can't have multiple wives if you don't have one wife, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's a start. Let's get this, let's get this man start. cuffed. That's a start. All right, All right. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. With that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa kina adab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum as-salam.